Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, Episode 7. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode seven. In this episode, explore one of the simplest but most profound keys to spiritual advancement, self-reflection. Dispel the misconceptions and get to the root of the practice and learn the practical methods to apply this skill to advance yourself. Then discover the ultimate tool to activate your energy body. Move across time and space, astral project, and recognize anomalies in your environment when learning to work with the tones. Build momentum and take flight into dimensional exploration. Enjoy! So there, there is something that um, I teach, and you know, there's a thing that's taught in, in spiritual circles. And I often say that almost all spiritual beliefs or systems have derived from other spiritual systems, okay? It's just whether or not you're educated enough or have the memory to know of its existence. So you follow these roots and you're like, that's interesting. I could see where this thinking came or where it derived from and what they researched and, and you know, built upon their thinking. And so when one looks at self-awareness, we, we hear this word self-awareness and different people have taken on a different view of that or a different value to it. And this is what it, it is and you should. And there's also mindfulness. And mindful is to be conscious, conscious that you're in the room, conscious you're sitting in a chair, conscious of where you are. Um, The point is, is that to be aware of everything all of the time is almost as useless as being aware of it, okay, or not aware of it. So one of the things I like to do is to to give certain things that I call uh, self-realization, because I don't think self-realization is the moment you're like, I'm enlightened, I get it all, okay? Um, it's, it's having revelations of, of how you think, how you see yourself, why you think the way you do, why you react the way that you do. And one of the most important things I feel to spiritually evolving is the study of yourself, your psyche, your mind, self-reflecting. So one of the things is I call it the eyes. And the eyes is not eyeballs, but it's like to say I or me. One of the things I would say to people is if you do this little self-test and you go, I, 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 and then you switch to me, 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 
This is what we get into as a subtle difference. And the subtle difference is, is that I tends to be more of a consciousness or almost into a spiritual level where me becomes this, this identified structure. You'll feel like a mass to yourself and you become aware of it. Like you literally can feel it in yourself. And when you go to an I, it's almost like you can't quite put your finger on what you're trying to identify. So that's the beginning of, of building your soul, in a sense, is starting to identify different elements of what's organic, machine, open, close, stand up, sit down, left, right, move. This is a machine designed to carry us through a three-dimensional world, per se, okay? So when you think about eyes, we say eyes with an S. And what I would say to people, and I said to, to something to somebody earlier today about this, is the easiest ones to distinguish are hunger, hunger and comfort. And the best way to very quickly go, okay, I get what he's talking about. Imagine you're really, really hungry. You haven't eaten all day. You're like at the shaky point, okay? And you go in and there's a, a lot of people waiting in line. There's booths filled and they're big cushy booths and they're private. You can kind of, you know, you know what's this white cells? We don't like anybody else. We want to be like in our own little hole, okay? That's the truth about us. So you want that comfort. You want that cushy seat. You want to get cozy in there, and you're like, oh, that looks so good. And then you look over, and there's the bar with wood stools, no cushioning on it. You're up against these other people you don't really want to be sitting with. You can't sit with your friend because you know, they're odd even, odd even, okay? But you're starving. So the starving eye goes, I want to eat now. And the other eye goes, but we can just wait just, just a little longer. Just, just look, look, it's so comfortable over there. So now you have this duality. You've got two separate kind of identities of intelligence that have a job. One is comfort, one is for food. And they're debating now in you which one you should go to. Which, who's going to win? Is it going to be food because you're starving and you're going to sit in that crappy chair over there, okay, and be miserable, but you'll be satisfied with food? Or can you suppress that hunger part of your identity and consciousness, okay, who's thinking, like, we've got to get over there to the food, who's saying, but if you wait, we can have that nice, cozy, comforting thing. Can't you suppress your, your hunger, hunger? Can't you quell it down? So these are identities. They're intelligences with, with a lot of information in each one, like a personality. You could put blonde hair on one and you could put a trucker hat on the other one, okay? It's as if they're, they're mini-use, okay? So an I is a personality, and you can keep breaking them down even more within them, but let's keep it simple for now. So the, the question I would say to people is, how many I's can you identify within yourself? You are an organic machine that has basic principles. You're going to mate to reproduce. You're going to seek comfort, shelter. You're going to look for certain ideals and values, okay? But by which level are you now not automating? What gets down to the core of them not voicing an opinion or a want or a desire? At what point do you remove those things or become aware of them or isolate them to identify what is left and what is that that's left? What intelligence is it? What does it want? What does it desire? I'll give another example. Uh, an example that I use with people is I'll, I'll say, like, you know, how in, con how in control are you? And this should be frightening. It should be frightening. And everybody takes it for granted. And it's a very simple thing I teach usually from day one. If I say to you, what, I'm going to show you uh, several objects and whatever you do, don't shout them out loud. 
Like, you know, oh, Eric's holding up. It's a shoe. You're not going to do that if I say don't. You're going to say, okay, I'll, I'll shut up. That's easy to do, which you can do. But now I'll say to you, I'm going to show you several objects, three of them, only three, and whatever you do, don't say what they are in your mind. <laughs> you have control, don't you? You are the decision maker in your own consciousness, yes. Why is there an incessant need that some voice inside of you blurts it out? And then the argument ensues. Why? Because I can't. No, why? Okay. There, there is no argument even. It just does what it wants to do. But nobody really thinks about why don't I have more control over that? Why can't I control it like I do, you know, vocally? So that, that is a problem because it means that you're not really thinking, in my opinion, for yourself. We're, we're taught to automate since babies, we're taught words, which is the, the next thing amongst the animal kingdom, is that we use a very complex language system. There's some creatures that do as far as we know, okay? But at the end of the day, this is what feeds the brain to chitter-chatter all the time. If you could imagine not using words, tell me any object in here that you don't really know what it is. Why would you, in God's name, need to... That, didn't sound right in a religious talk, but anyway, why do you? Why does the mind need to to give the syllables the verb like a tag? It's like a brick. It like says to to whatever object, hold this brick. You hold this brick. And you, it's like slowing the process down. If you could think with non thought, because that's what that is. Most people think when one says spiritually have non thought means not to think at all. No, you're thinking. You're just not using words. So what it should be is don't use words while you're thinking in your mind. And it's like electricity. It's super fast. And the more you use it, the faster your mind gets. This is what a savant does. A savant isn't seeing numbers in their head. It's using that non-thought, and it's just giving them the, the total. They're not thinking about making the total. It's just an intention. Boom. They, they know what they are doing. So this is with when one says use non-thought, it's a higher intelligence. It's a higher uh, sensory or awareness, and we all have it, it's just that we don't choose to really be aware of it or utilize it, okay? So when you're meditating, you're trying to get in the habit of silencing the babbler and spending more time just on nothing, but really what you're doing is you're familiarizing yourself with sentient awareness, a higher level of intelligence, a higher sense of knowing, okay? Does anybody want me to pick a few objects so you can prove to yourself that you won't shout them out? <laughs> oh, so brave. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that you need to acknowledge, and it's no different than thinking about how many eyes you have. There is, there's the, the debating eye, I always say. You know, I always say I can, you can observe yourself in the third person. What does that mean? Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm somebody, whatever, and I'm having a fight with my, my friend or my partner, whatever, and I'm like, ah! Then you did this and that. You brought the groceries out knowing full well you're going to leave some out in the car for me and you're going to say it's my fault, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, I didn't. In a way, what is the point to it all? I could care less. You could care less. But you're doing it because it's almost like sociologically we, we have to follow this process. Now we know the argument's going to escalate. So in our head, we're like thinking while we're arguing, oh, oh there's that door. I'm going to go over and slam that door, that kitchen thing. I'm going to do it hard while I go over to those dishes. Wait a minute. Is it natural when I got up and I slammed it? Or did I premeditate in some other person planning in advance what I'm going to do for the sake of the drama? Okay? 
So now I'm in the third person because I do a lot of practicing, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, you idiots. Look at what you're and I'm talking to myself what I'm doing with myself, okay? So I'm observing me going through the role of this debate, like I have to go through this process, and then I'm thinking to myself and this other person, I'm so above all this. Why did I get sucked down to this stupid mortal stuff anyway? Blah, 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 you know? I know exactly what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. It's because this person's engaging me, you know, and I feel like I have to respond. And then... Of course, there's this, like, I'm going to slam these counters so they get this alert. Like, I'm really disturbed, okay? I'm making a point. But I'm premeditating it. I can count the steps to everything I'm going to do before I do it. I know the whole scenario of how it's all going to go down. Do you guys all not? You have a person you argue with. You know the routine you're going to go through. You kind of almost know the, the outcome. You're even deciding how bad it's going to be and whether or not you've got to use the bathroom or not and you <laughs> cut it down in half. But it's, the question is, is, are you thinking about what you're thinking? That's the key. Are you thinking about what you're thinking? And then you feel pretty silly once you get there. Then you're like, wait a minute. Okay, this kind of takes the fun out of everything. Okay. <laughs> So this is, this is self-awareness. This is a beginning to self-awareness. And the more that you think about it, the more you begin to advance yourself in a way. It's when you start to separate yourself from how you would react to things. This is when you become more spiritual or the person you want to be until somebody really pisses you off. But in either case, it's, this is when one says self-awareness, people don't always know what that means. And it's important, as I said earlier, that this is why you got to break everything down into to, to brass tacks. If you don't know what these things are, you're kind of like, okay, you know, I have a guardian angel. What the, what the flip does that mean you have a guardian angel? Okay, but there may be a semblance of truth in there. It's their higher self. I can agree with that. I totally get it from that perspective, okay? That's the rational part sitting to go and saying, you're above all this. Why do you have to slam it? Don't slam the draw. Oh, damn it, you slammed it. What's going on? You know, that's my higher self anyway. Okay, um, so I have a problem with thinking about what I'm thinking, you know, and analyzing while I'm trying to do some of the techniques sure. a lot, so... I was wondering what advice you have for combating the governor. <laughs> Big glass of vodka. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the, the age-old challenge between trying to kind of, uh, you gain consciousness that you, you have, in other words, you, you gain a level of self-awareness. That's the first thing. Most people, they chatter in their head. They don't even think that they're chattering. And in that process, um, we don't really reflect on the fact of acknowledging that we're even aware that we're talking. The fact that you can acknowledge, okay, I've got this chatter going on, that's a second person. You're, you're observing yourself now. And that is the first step to self-awareness. That's the first step to, to a conscious kind of movement. And so when you get disappointed in the fact that you're talking, it fuels this thing to continue talking. It's, it's kind of like you're punished for like, I, I figured it out. Ah, yes, you did, didn't you? And you're like, but no, be quiet. Um, so there, there's a lot of factors involved that are going to have that effect. And one of the fastest things to do is to acknowledge the fact that you should be patting yourself on the back that you caught yourself. Rather than being frustrated, which is going to feed it, simply acknowledge the fact and be grateful of the fact 
that you are aware that you're chattering in your head. That's self-awareness, okay? Now, there's a variety of degrees to tackle this particular challenge, okay? Um, one that I would probably push the strongest is listening to the tones. Uh, how many people in here are not familiar when I say listening to the tones or the bars? How many people here do not have an idea what I'm talking about? Okay, perfect. And everybody who thinks they know something about the tones, I can assure you I can take it up a whole nother level and you're going to go, okay? Uh, the, the tones are a frequency that you hear kind of through your ear, okay? And before I go in there, there's meditating to music, there's meditating to white noise, there's meditating to nature, there's meditating to just kind of zoning out, if you will, or whatnot. So there's different kinds of ways of letting your mind unwind. If you're doing the practice perfectly fine, tones are probably, in my opinion, one of the better ones, but they're ones that can drive you half batty if you're not careful, okay? Because you've got to be able to disconnect and sometimes you connect up looking for it so much, you can't really shake it. So it's like, all right, I've, I've had enough. I can't shut it down. So there's, there's ways of doing that too. So a tone is kind of like a high-pitched frequency that you hear out of the corner of your ear. I often say when you, when you clear your mind and you're in a quiet place, you want to listen almost to the interior, outs, the interior exterior of your ear, meaning this hollowish area. It's kind of like just a place to kind of focus. As you sit quietly at first, you'll probably hear nothing unless you know what to look for immediately. After a few moments, you're going to hear what sounds like a very high pitch, like, it's like a ring, okay? And so once you have that ring, okay, the idea is to kind of just listen to it. Just sit and listen to it. You'll notice that when you're listening to a tone, your babbler almost goes to zero, if not zero, okay? It's as if the two cannot occupy the same space at the same time, unless you're like, well, let me test it. There, I just did it, okay? Not quite. You'll, you'll drift off. Your, your, as you focus more on it, you'll disconnect from the babbler. So what happens now is you're listening to one. You want to kind of now bring your awareness over to the left side and do the same thing. You're kind of trying to pay attention if you're hearing anything. And you're going to all of a sudden realize there's another pitch which is slightly different that's a, a, a different octave, if you will. It's kind of like a uh, versus a uh, And they're not quite like that. I do an awful uh, interpretation of it. So don't, don't be looking for that specific sound. But So once you have the two, you're going to find that you're almost going back and forth. Like you can only listen to one primarily and the other one faintly. Okay, And as you're going back and forth, you're going to develop a sense of, of relaxing or a sense of being able to get yourself to balance between the two, okay? Once you've done that, that's like a skill level. You've, you've moved up. So what happens now is you want to look for a third. There's literally like 10 of them, okay? And to get past four is extremely hard, okay? So I want you to understand, if you get up to three, pat yourself on the back, don't be like, you know, oh, I, I suck, I couldn't get to four. You, that's just feeding the fact of making it harder. When it's ready, the point is, is it comes to you. You can't force it to come to you. You can't, you can't reach for an object like you do in this dimension and bring it over to you or grab this or that. It's something that you learn to do in a very 
unique and different way. It's a different way of control. It's a different way of movement in your mind. It's exactly what you will do when you leave this body. You're literally learning how to swim when at one time you didn't know how to swim. You would have been flailing around and sinking and it would have been awful till you relax and you learn to use the, the water movement as a pressure and getting yourself to orientate. This took a skill that most of us have forgotten for those of us who can swim. We take it for granted. So when you're listening to the tones, you want to find this, this inner thing in your chest that's actually kind of maneuvering them. It's almost like you're moving your body in such a way that is unnatural. Just like if you're swimming, it's technically at first unnatural versus bipedal moving around and walking. It's like this, this whole vertical versus horizontal. It's, it's moving and, and pushing this way rather than walking and having weight on your feet. So we don't think about that. But once you've got it, you can swim great distances. You can swim underwater. You can, do, you can investigate what's down in there. You can put a mask on and snorkel or whatever. So this opens up a vast new arena. When you leave your body, the, the majority of reason why people have difficulty leaving their body or snapping back into it, you feel that jerk, okay? This is because that's the panic. That's like going into water and not knowing how to swim. You instantly want to touch something on the bottom. When there's nothing there, you begin flailing. You're trying to, to touch something to orientate the mass and weight of your body. And when you can't do that, the body just has a, a, a spatic, you know, like it doesn't know what to do with itself. And this is what happens when you step out of your body, and it happens very quickly. Energy is five times, ten times faster than what your body can react to. So it happens very quickly. So that's a, that shock of falling down, like sometimes you're laying in bed, and you feel that, that thumb like you're, you've fallen for a second. So the tones lead to many things, and trying to address what you were saying, okay? If you just work on the tones and just finding them and holding them and trying to keep that third one. You always want to keep climbing and holding that. As you're holding that third one, you're going to find it goes away. And then you're going to find that if you relax into it, just like swimming, you've got to find that comfort and all of a sudden it works. It starts to get loud again. And the loudness determines how, how much you're controlling it. And trust me when I say you can bump into a tone and it's like a, a, a trucker's horn going off in your ear. It will almost traumatize you how loud it can get, okay? But you cannot let that deter you from wanting to continuously learn to, to manage those. So if you practice with the tones, you're going to find that slowly it's going to help you with the babbler in your mind. But there is no permanent fix. There is going to be no like, oh, I finally got it. This is, this is, I conquered it. Because if you have, well, you'd be sitting up here with me. So just kidding. Anyway, the, the point is, is that it's always a challenge. Even for me, at times, the babbler can come in, but I find then I've drank too much coffee. I've got all these biological things that are now wrestling more for the occupation of my consciousness, and then I have to more consciously push them back, okay? So, and I, I think that's very important. I think a lot of of spiritual teachers don't want to admit to different challenges they have. They're, they're you know, I'm omnipotent. And I don't believe in that. I believe in keeping it real because if you can't have a realistic goal, you will always think you're failing. If you can say, you know what, Eric said that, that even he has times where it can be a little bit challenging, but yet he's, he's out there, he's, he's really capable, then I think that that helps you achieve these great things. And I think that's very important to have that, that clarity and that honesty.
I just want to go back to the tones a minute. Uh, are they any related to the music of the spheres? Well, you know, there, there's many different interpretations of, of, of what people would just... That's very common in a lot of spiritual circles. That's what makes it kind of sometimes... Uh, I always say when you talk to different people in, in, in spirituality, there's almost like different languages. There's Russian, there's, there's you know, Swedish, there's uh, Chinese. There's, and it's, it's falling in line to the, pretty much the same thing, but you have to be careful and kind of break it down because you also find that sometimes people have a very different idea than what you thought it would be from, from what somebody else described as the spheres, okay? So when you would say the spheres, how would you describe it? Um, basically, uh, uh, Steiner is the way you know, Sure. The, uh, I guess the music is from different planets. It's just the cosmos, basically. Right. So, okay. uh, just those in relation to one another. So I didn't know if that's what, the, if that's what we were picking up in the um, tone. It's a, it's a yes and no. So the, the, the yes and no kind of works like this. You, you've taken one subject area and you just went, and the planets, okay? So now it just went to, to a, a big variety for me to kind of tackle, all right? So it's, it's a yes and no. First of all, I don't necessarily believe that you are hearing the, the sounds of the planet, okay? Because now we're going to get all scientific and try to understand it that way versus whatnot. But at the same token, there are so many levels to entering into the tones, it's almost daunting, okay? Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were, they were discussing to me about hearing this beautiful music. And what happens is, is as you move sometimes into the tones, you can also kind of move what I call out of the exterior of the tones. And you will hear what is a wordless singing. And it's always, always profoundly beautiful, okay? And you will focus on it in such a way that you're trying to make out what the hell are they saying. And it's extremely, extremely hard to actually get it to, to verbalize. And I often say that it's because the universe speaks in such a language that anybody will understand it. It's beautiful. It's like you know it's something very special and and unique, and you could be an alien, you could be from another country, it doesn't matter what language it is. It's almost as if there's this sensory interpretation that, that any spiritual white cell person will understand. They, they have this uh, dialing into it. And so one of the things where they were like, you know, talking about it getting louder or softer, and I was like, you think of it like the tones. You think of it where it's very soft, but you want to bring it close to you. You can't move in your normal physical way so you have to find this way of movement, like in water, it's completely foreign. So I, I often say, don't listen to it. Don't try to listen harder. Admire it. If you admire it, like you're enjoying it in the distance, but you're not really thinking about it, it's kind of like a, a, a child or a, a pet that's trying to creep up on you, but they're skittish every time they see you look, so they kind of back off, but they're curious enough to keep coming closer. The second your mind observes it jumps away. And this goes right back to listen to the tones. What's true for the tones is true for these. What is true for these is true to moving spiritually out of your mind. It's, it's about thinking or learning to think in a way that's completely foreign to how we are communicating in this room right now. So when one says the spheres, it's hard to say because I'm not completely, I can't say that I've delved into that 
uh, format of, of what is presented. So if I were to do that, I can go, oh, this is what, what they're doing. This is what I would call it, okay? So it's very hard. I don't want to misguide that information if I'm not 100% sure of what you guys would consider planet, spherical, or, or whatever, communicating it. I'm assuming that it's going to fall into this arena, okay? Because it's, it's pretty profound. Uh, so you have these different variations of what sounds like music. These are states of consciousness that propel you or move you in. When I was talking the other day about changing the frequency within you and that defines how close you move slowly life after life or within this uh, exterior of moving out of your body, you move into these higher planes, if you will, these uh, emerging almost into something. This is very much the same thing. As it's emerging into you, we think of it coming closer to us, but the truth is we're moving towards it. It's just a kind of reverse kind of mirror thing. It's just what, how we perceive it from an organic way. We think we're moving towards it, but, or it's moving towards us, but we're actually moving towards it. Or like in a car, you sit in a car, and sometimes they're pulling out, and you, you, you kind of think, oh my God, my car's still moving, and you realize it's like an optical illusion. It's literally like that. You think you're moving, but it's, it's, you're moving towards it rather than vice versa. So you have tones that can get very loud. There's up to 10 different frequencies on average. It's very difficult to move past the third one, so don't get discouraged with yourself if you find it very challenging. If you can go there, it's great. Most people will do tone practicing in bed laying down. Other people will do it while they're meditating. I would recommend meditating because you're going to find if you do it in bed, as soon as you start to get really good, you're going to pass out. Okay. So if you're sitting again, that's why I often say when you meditate, you don't want to lay down because you'll fall asleep because you're telling your body it's sleep time. If you're standing, it's too alert. It's, it's thinking about integrating with life. So by sitting, you're kind of saying you're somewhere in the middle. You're ready to kind of semi-check out, but you need to keep yourself checked in at the same time. So listening to the tones, I would say do it while you're meditating. Practice with it. And at first, you're going to find they're extremely elusive is the best way to, to explain it, to, to grab those bars and hold it and to be able to have three of them going at one time and keeping it uh, and observing where they're coming from because they come from different points. And this is a form of actually, again, movement, whether you realize it or not. And so you get better and better and better with it. And so you try to hold that third one, and all of a sudden you're going to be able to make it peel apart so that you can hear the fourth one coming out of it. And you realize there's actually two distinguished sounds rather than it being one. So now you're getting more precise with controlling your consciousness to separate them. And literally that's what happens with every bar. They begin to separate because you use your mind to get them to come apart. And the second your mind wanders for a second, they snap back together, okay, or they fade away. So by, by almost holding all of these, you're, you're having a degree of this, this structure. If you practice with doing the bars, I would probably say for, you know, uh, uh, people are probably surprised when I say just for a matter of five minutes because they think, oh, that's such a small amount of time. You will be surprised. It feels like a lot longer. It's, it's, it's actually tiring to constantly work with something that you're, you're not really used to on a day-to-day -day basis. And so you have to almost build up an endurance and work with it. And at some point, you may even become tired of playing with them. It's almost like it's not as amusing anymore. And that's because you haven't figured out how to swim under the water yet. You're swimming on the surface, 
and you've learned to enjoy those things, but it hasn't really dawned on you that you should be able to hold your breath and go under. And when you go to, to do that, there's this, of course, reaction of, oh, I can't breathe, or the water's going up my nose. There's that panic. That panic happens so quickly that it resurfaces you. So it's about finding this, this comfort zone. So what I was saying to the other person the other day was, once you've, you've got the, the tones kind of in this way where you're about three, maybe four, okay? Don't worry about five, six, seven, eight, and ten. You know, it's just ego at that point. Or you can go there, fine, do it. So it's, you know, good either way. But what you want to do is to see if you can listen beyond the perimeter of the bars because they'll get very close and loud. But you can let them go soft. It's, you, you are trying to listen to something out there it's a very, very faint, distant sound. You're going to hear like this. And at first you're going to think, oh, it's a, it's a bar, but it's not. You're going to realize it's an octave of what seems like several voices all together, very beautiful girl voices or, or male voices or some kind of voices. And the thing is, is that you want to now bring it in close. If you think about it, it disappears. If you... If you Focus on it. It disappears. It's elusive to anything organic. It's not of this realm, and it, it doesn't want to abide. So it's like two magnets pushing away from one another. And the only way to bring it in is to really have very good disciplined consciousness. And I often say, let it fall into you. Let it drift into you. Let it kind of uh, move towards you. Okay, and what happens at first, you're like, how in the hell do I do that? What the hell does that mean? And you're, you're frustrated because you're trying to figure it out. And my answer always is, is stop trying. Drift. Just admire it. Like, it's just there. I'm not, I'm hearing it, but I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I really got to hear what you're all about. You want to, but it's like thinking without forward thinking. You're learning to think down here. And you're learning to develop a different kind of sense in you that, that cannot be controlled in any way by your, this brain, this mind, that babbler. It refuses to be controlled by it. So you have to rediscover this other intelligence in you. And this is hard stuff. This is not for junior league. This is like, you know, Buddhist monk, you know, 10 years in, they're starting to kind of play around with this kind of stuff, okay? So once you do this, you can then hear this music coming in. It's, it's, it's like symphonic. It's, it's crazy beautiful. And you let it move into you. It's almost like you let the tone go into you. And it's like, I often say, it's like electricity to metal, making it magnetic. It's resonating your being. And the second you have a babbler or you start to reflect on it, it's that fast gone. It's like it just stops. I mean, I'm sure people have accidentally, as a white cell, you've heard this kind of music, this beautiful music, and it gets really loud. And when you realize that you're realizing that you're thinking about listening to it all of a sudden, like, oh my God, this is really beautiful, okay? Because at first you're just kind of, you're just enjoying it. You're, you're in that moment. That's letting it immerse with you. But the second your conscious mind becomes aware of it, it just, it just almost like it spins the dial of sound like right down. It just goes, Whoa. And then you want it back. You're like, come back. I want how it, and you know intuitively you kind of got to now forget about it to try to get it to come back. So now already you're trying to work with it. That's ancient memory. That's you having an older memory inside of you that remembers how to work with it, trying to, to awaken in your mind. And it's, it's trying to, to figure out how to get it to come back. Am I crazy? Have you guys all experienced this? Okay. Well, that's a very enthusiastic, yeah. All right. <laughs> so the more that you play around with 
the tones, the more you're going to learn to quiet your mind. You're going to find that you can find immediate inner peace no matter where you are. I often challenge myself, how fast can I find the tones in any environment? So the crazier and the more disturbing it is, there, there's like this thing, how, how fast, can, boom, there. You know, I'm like, hell, yeah, I'm got it, yeah. Um, you know, can I go to two, can I go to three on a subway, lots of people at a rock concert? Because if you really think about it, that's you going into your zen. That's, that's when you're like in this operational state of consciousness. You, you find these tones because it, it always like corrects your frequency. I always say it's like a, a chiropractor to the spine. It adjusts your frequency. If you can hear it, you're, you're bringing your spectrum of vibration that moves through your body, okay? And you're, you're bringing it together, which concentrates it. And then all of a sudden, you're able to become aware or sense other anomalies, people that maybe are frequencies are unusual or whatever. It's what makes you be able to, to separate them from everybody else or to sense or feel something as phenomena goes. It's about moving your centers. And the fastest way to do that is to just feel the sound or listen to it pulling. If, even if you can hit one bar and just sit there for a little bit and just move your mind without thinking, you're kind of hearing the bar, you're going to feel in you. Everybody thinks it's something you're going to hear and it's, it's very hard even for me talking because I want to relate to normal talking, you know? But the truth is it's always down in here. There's a feeling. And so you move and you'll, you'll feel it. It's like a, like, like a string is pulling between you and this other person amongst everybody else. It's that person is, is like, it hits you. And that's how you know you, this is an anomaly or this is an unusual person or there's something to this. And that's where you're going to get brought into it more or just decide to pursue it. But it always starts off by centering yourself as quickly as you can. Grab that tone if you can do it. And the better your, your abilities is going to be when you can do it in any environment under any circumstances. And if you can get to three, that's pro level now. That's not easy to do. So. Okay, so the, the tones are not only a movement then, but they're also um, kind of a lesson in... Uh, conceptual thought instead yes, of linear thought? absolutely. Okay. It's, it is the, literally the ultimate thing or skill to learn to, how do you, I mean, how does one understand what it is to leave your body? How does one learn to move around? When we think of astral projection, mind projection, thought projection, they're truly all the same thing. We add a body to it. We add a silver string to it for security because we're afraid to get lost. This is why. This, no, I've never seen a silver string once, okay? But this was a genre concept that was introduced into the psychology from the silver method, technically speaking. So this was never before stated. When you go back to true movement of consciousness, you've got to go back to aboriginal. Okay, you're going to go back thousands of years. They're the ones who had it down. And then it just got candy-coated like New Age stuff as it, as it progresses. And people who don't know so much kind of say it's this and that after they read a few things. But they really don't understand what they're reading. So in essence, how do you move? If I want to move across the room, this is like swimming. You fall in water. You can't walk there. If you don't know how to swim, you've really got a problem. So you're, you're kind of all over the place. And this is what this, this orientation is. And this is what keeps people grounded and not allow their mind. They don't have a way to, to relax and then move that they trust. So the tones 
are really teaching you to orientate in a, in a, a snow globe world is what it calls. It's like a ball within a ball. It's like this, you turn it this way, but the other one inside is kind of not cooperating the right way. And it's only through practice, practice, practice that you learn now to move something in an, in an unnatural way, but it makes it move on the inside the way you want. And you don't, you don't think about it no more. It just becomes second nature. So when you want to scan somebody, when you want to use your mind to reach into something, when you want to move your mind into time and space, think about how unique the idea of time to space is. We understand the concept. We think of time as something progressing and change slowly, OK? But when you really think about it as energy, it's so effed up for us to, to even begin to fathom it's, it's, it's like jumping in water. You, you're all over the place flailing. You don't know what to do with it. So the tones is, the, is literally one of the best bridges to move into training yourself to, to get into that point where you can move beyond yourself. So again, it's, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. I'll, I'll give you another very powerful for instance. Everybody who thinks they, they know, you know the tones so well, and I'm like, I could do a, a, a year-long training on tones. When you see something move out of the corner of your eye, and you look, there's nothing there. We know it's a, a, an entity nine times out of 10. You see it a higher frequency out of the corner of your eye because of the curvature. It's like a, a prism or glasses that you see through to read with. It's bending the, the ocular of the light. So you're seeing what is the density, which is finite to us in direct vision, where you can see it out of the corner of your eye. You look, it disappears because your, your arc of your eye changed. Now, there is a way if you can adapt through holding tones you're used to doing them in your mind and holding them. But if you can take that feeling and become aware of it in your chest, OK? Because it's really all happening down here. This is the only thing that can control all of this outside, OK? You're just doing it from here, whether you realize it or not. If you sense the entity, if you sense something, this part can't contain it, can't grab it, can't hold it, can't touch it. It's, it's, it's like evaporative, OK? But if you look at it and you can, in your mind, think of it as if it was a bar, a tone, you can use your energy to contain, to hold it. It's like grabbing it with your hands. So you literally can use your chest and move it so it's moved. And you will see the static field staying there. It may be very transparent, but it's there. And you now are developing a means to convey or communicate or to defend yourself or to hold or to study more, but whatever you want to call it, it starts from the bars because what you can do in the bars translates to that dimensional place where the organic translates to this place. So by utilizing your training and thinking outside the box, you now have an incredible tool to explore with in, in that sense or become useful. It's even like when you scan something, for those of you who don't know what scan is, like scanning a person, doing a reading from a distance, uh, moving to pull data per se, uh, finding a, a building or an object, or if you go ghost hunting, you want to kind of feel where the funky energy is. So you, what are you doing? Nobody ever really thinks about that. But if you really think about it in your chest, you're, you're kind of feeling for where, where you think there's going to be something going on or something of curiosity that's drawing you. If you move into tones, and you, you start to play with tones, and you can integrate that feeling kind of thing. You literally can, can feel almost as if that you have a way to grab onto that elusive thing that you're feeling in that area 
and you're going, to, you're going there physically again to look wrong. It's the wrong way to do it. You, you're going to have to physically walk there, but what you need to do is hold yourself into narrowing down the precise, precise spot that you think there's an anomaly rather than you walk into a broader area and you're like, well, I feel something in this area. Where specifically is there a source? So you can do that through your chest center if you can, can make that in your mind the idea of it as being a tone or a bar. And keep in mind, this is kind of advanced stuff. It's, it's very kind of difficult versus, you know, the warm, fuzzy kind of, you know, thinking about energy concept. It's, it's a much higher discipline in yourself. I mean, good Kung Fu starts from good practice. Repetition of practice, repetition of practice. That's what makes the masters from the amateurs. And that's whether you've got the endurance to, to put that practice in, and you're going to find that your, your skill level just immensely separates from everybody else very quickly. So, go ahead. Okay, um, touching a bit on the tones and on you yeah. know, the heart as well. As you develop your tones, usually, mm -hmm. you know, when people are practicing, whether it's meditation or just yeah. listening to tones, they're going to start yeah. strengthening in those yes. abilities. Yes. Now, at times, things can happen overnight, as we know. So sometimes yeah. you develop a little bit too quickly. So for someone, when that's happening and you're developing, yeah. it's a very overwhelming feeling yeah. when you start learning yeah. or maybe honing in on your heart or your chest. Right. right. So for circumstances like that or situations like that, yeah. I mean, some things can be very overwhelming. What do you advice? Yeah. Because it's almost like a seclusion. Like, no, no, I could hide out for 100 days. 100%, 100% like, No correct. offense, people, but, but, but this people is, scare me. Yes. And it's, no, it's very true. <laughs> okay. it's, it's very true. This is where you have people who, who call in and they're like, I can't hear the tones. You know, I don't really think they exist. And yeah, yeah, we get phone calls like this, okay? Yeah. So we're, we're nice and we try to explain it to them and they listen and they go, all right, I'll try it. And then they call up like an hour or, or a day later, I can't make it stop, uh, you know, because what's happened now is the, the tone at first is faint. You, you've got to kind of figure out a way to get it to come towards you. But once you, you do that, there's something in your head that now has clung to it and you, you can't undo it. It's like you're, you're like, you're so aware of it that you keep observing in this other place, like it's stuck, okay? And it can literally be maddening. So we'll often say to people, look, turn on a radio, watch TV. At first, you're going to hear it because you keep checking in. But as soon as the movie, get a good movie, okay? Get your attention, okay? It somehow lets go of it, okay? And then you can start watching a movie, and you're like, okay, it's gone. But if you, if you start to look again, you're going to at first not hear nothing. Then without thinking about it, you've trained yourself to be so acute, you start listening in that other way. You're moving with the water, swimming like this. And this is where it can become exhausting. Okay, so you have to find ways to, to dial out, and usually that is to get yourself to watch a movie or listen to music or integrate with other people. As soon as your mind engages, you'll find that it drifts away. And if you can stay for a day or on and off communicate with something, it'll fade away to where it's not so easy anymore to get in. Unfortunately, there's not a 100% easy fix-all, other than maybe give them a good smack and snap out of it, you know? It, it is something that's a bit of a challenge. And it can get very nauseous or scary for somebody when they think, I, I can't control it. I can't, it's out of control. Yeah. So again, you have to, to fixate on something. And usually, I mean, I've been doing this my whole life. What, what I've seen is eventually 
they'll either go to sleep or they'll, they'll, they'll check out and then all of a sudden they'll wake up and it's gone and then they kind of move on with their life because somebody called them and they had to focus on that and then they forget and then they're good, okay? So it, they will snap out of it eventually. My, you know, I've noticed a, a difference in equilibrium because it really is, it's yeah. like a screaming and yes. to the point where I can pick up and home in on those frequencies because they're yeah. so loud now. Yeah. That's something like conversation. Somebody could be yeah. sitting in front of me, and yeah. I'm constantly yeah. like letting people know, I'm sorry, I have difficulty hearing with this here. Right. Could you repeat yourself? Right. So I'm no longer picking up, right. you know, right. like the language, well, but I can hear yeah. sounds from so far. I'm like, wait a minute. I'd like, it's like you need to, like, I can't, ex like, bring it yeah. in. The, the second <laughs> thing is um, there's an old saying, uh, belly breathing, okay? There is a truth below your belly button as we meditate, okay, that by just focusing on that, it usually takes all of those senses, okay, and brings it down, and it turns it down. If you find that it doesn't work immediately for it, I would say get into the habit of just meditating a few times to start training yourself to isolate your, your mind to go there, but it usually works pretty quick. If you just let your mind go, you just focus on that spot, you breathe in slowly. Sometimes I say breathe in from that spot. You use your imagination. You imagine you're breathing in and breathing out from there, okay? And what happens is it starts to draw in that, that sensory that I talked about, and it kind of pulls it in. If you move to your chest, what are you doing? You're, you're going to that water movement. You're, you're starting to feel from your chest, and that's what's going to increase the sensory. It's going to do all these things. Mind is a little bit different, but... Again, I would probably say practice, practice, practice down here so that when you really need to, to bring it in because it's becoming too intense, it seems like a very simple thing, but it's a very, very highly effective uh, process once you learn to focus on it. It literally will tone it down. Um, the other thing that you can look into is um, things like orange juice. Um, I often consider the fact that the biological body is often... 80% at play with anything we do spiritually or psychically because it is the medium by which we have to process thought. We have to, anything we experience, it still has to be sorted and, and context in our brain in order for us to reference because this is, we're rooted in this dimension. So I find that when I start to really bring up my kundalini or bring up my energy and stuff, I will deplete the sugars in my body very rapidly, okay? And I need to re-hit that source up to bring it up. It's not like I'm running or doing anything. It's literally energy burning it in the muscles, okay? So I would say that when people sometimes go heavy into uh, um, in between, one of the things I'll say is drink some orange juice. For some reason, it's the sugar or the alkaline or acidity in there. Whatever it is, it works very quickly, and it helps to tone down this like hyper sensitivity that the nerves now are being like almost like toned up to to deal with the psychic level of pulling the data it's like coming too fast for it for everything yes your heart heats like yes well as i was showing you guys the other day i was sweating i was up here i was just roasting and i was like it's so hot in here and the other day i was complaining how cold it was and you guys are like no it's cold and i'm like look I am sweating, I'm drenched. He's like, you feel the heat coming off of me. This is a, a very physical reaction organically. It's not a cosmic heat, but it's a cosmic energy that the body recognizes as being real, and it's reacting to it. 
and this is what's creating this intensity. Or your heart can flutter. You can get, you know, your, you know, a lot of times when people release kundalini from their back, you get muscle spasms up your back. I mean, these are legitimate things where your organic body is reacting to something that's intensifying the nervous system. And so having this, you know, I'm also, I hate to, to say it, but sometimes I'll go right for ibuprofen. Uh, the ibuprofen tends to be a muscle relaxant to a small degree. And when I work too much, I mean, there's times where um, I'll work on cubes. In fact, there's some, some spots on my hand now where I, my hands get so hot, I get burns. And they literally will make blisters on my hand. It's just, it looks very weird because it's kind of a weird spot to have it. Um, but my body is reacting to that phenomenon. And so you can't just say, oh, I'm just going to wave the energy off of me. Sometimes it's enough, but other times you're going to say, I need to look at the biochemical of what my body's doing because it's clearly it's doing something reacting to that energy. So you've got to kind of work and compensate those two and always be aware of where you're at physically with it. Yeah. Great day, Eric, and to all. Thank you. Thank you. In regards to the tones, I'm very familiar with them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what they were. I was in okay. grade school. Yeah. I thought the music class was, you know, yeah, in you the Yeah, you got to talk a little bit closer. I thought the music class was in symbol. Okay. I mean, in, in session. Right. And I looked around. I was like, nobody hears that. And then yeah. as I got older, yeah. they started to come every now and then. Right. But at certain points, they began to get more so high in frequency, very tone. But yeah. only in experiencing that at the intimacy with yeah. my wife, right? Okay. And I would ask her, uh -huh. do you hear that? She said, no. I said, you sure you don't hear that, right? right. And it, gotten, it would get stronger, right? right? Like five minutes afterwards. Right, right. And I said, oh, I got to sit down. And she right. would be like, oh, you sure you hear something? I said, oh, I hear something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it, it, but now you're saying yes. <laughs> that to 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 um, to go let let the tone just naturally occur, right? Yes. But I'm saying it, it with me it just kind of like just came, right? Right. And it gotten stronger as the, it. This began. is a good question, and I'll, I'll you know again I could go on about this for a very long time. Okay, there are different kinds of tones that occur. There is the kind where you're just sitting on the couch watching TV and you hear this, and after a few while it goes. And it disappears, and you're like, what the hell is going on, okay? There are tenunitis, where you've damaged your ear, and now all you can do is hear the tone all the time, okay? That's different than hearing the tones. It's, it's a high pitch, but it never goes away ever, okay? It's, it's enough to drive somebody batshit crazy, and there are people who become suicidal because they're like, I can't deal with this anymore. So I've dealt with people who were on ships where they actually were in the machinery for the, the ship engine, and they damaged their ears, and it would literally just be a constant ringing, okay? So you have to know there's some differences. When you hear that high pitch, it comes off very soft, and it gets very loud very quickly, and it's very loud, and then eventually it goes off. This here is what's considered a conscious shift. Something in your mind, in the back of your mind, is shifting immensely. There's a kind of an awareness going on. And when it happens very quickly, you hear this high-pitched sound, okay? And this is what's going on. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's, it's kind of a good thing. But I often say, you know, it's kind of like in the movie The Matrix where he sees the, the, the cat go by twice, and he's like, oh, deja vu. When you hear this pitch go on, pay attention in the next few hours what happens, okay? Because something is going to be unique that if you're not paying attention, you're going to be dismissive of. Either somebody's going to call you or, or be like out of the blue and like, hey, I really need you to come here or something happened. 
there's either people were thinking about you or you're needed or, or something's going to impose itself in your life or something. There's usually a correlation and it's happening so abruptly that it's ringing very loud. I often say we're all connected, Alisoni, but it's, it's so normalized, like the, the shimmering on the water, that we don't really feel it. We just kind of mundanely move on. The only time we separate is becoming more spiritual. We lift off of that. We separate from the grid. Now, the reason why when you're making love, okay, or you're in that moment, you're actually shifting your consciousness, okay? And you're hearing that tone, okay, because it's the same thing. You somehow indirectly have learned that to, to swim, in a sense, without realizing you're doing it. It's, it's to say that when you hear the faint tone and you start to practice with it, it stays away. And the, se the second you let your mind go, but you're paying attention, it gets really loud. If you pay attention, this is self-observation, this is the key. This is the key to everything, okay? When you start to hear it, you're, you're all of a sudden going, oh, here it comes again. Yep, I know. And it's going to get louder Ooh, real quick, okay? Because you're not listening. You're so used to it that you're swimming towards it. You're bringing it towards you, okay? So I would say be very attentive to what you're doing at the same time, okay? But I would ease your mind and try to see if there's a second one out there. And I assure you there is. And do the same thing. Almost like, like, oh, there it is, but I don't care about it. I'm so used to it. But I already know it's going to get louder. And that's what you're doing with the first one. You're, you're kind of not directly acknowledging it, but you're acknowledging it because you're so aware of it. Do you follow what I'm saying? That now it's all that you can hear. Okay? So what you want to do is you want to bridge that into a useful way to the second one and see if you can find it, and maybe even the third. But she might go like, hey, hey, back here. What are you doing? Okay? <laughs> So, <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, you know, that's when you tell them to be quiet because I was just... Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so... <laughs> well, I was joking. I was like, you know, like, hey, 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 here. Uh, but, but what you want to do is, it's, it's so hard to explain this. It's like, um, there, there's not really something I can think about in our everyday life that I could say it's like this or exactly like that. But it's something that when you, when you don't think about it, it comes to you. And then when you think you're, you're, you're thinking about it and it's coming to you, it's because you've already retrained your mind. If you go back to some earlier time, you're going to realize that you noticed it very faint and you try to listen to it, but it wouldn't come to you. And then you learn to, to somehow switch your thinking to get it to come towards you. Ah, oh, God, I wish I had a way to explain this. This is, um, this is like a trailer, okay? And I was saying this the other day. You, if, you, if you ever try to park a trailer, okay, from your car, and you turn the wheel to, to kind of back in like you think you're going to back in, the damn thing always goes the opposite way. So in your, your brain is like one of these bicycles that are a trick one from a carnival. Like it, you, you, the, the, this here is not syncing up to what you're doing down here, okay? But they get on there and they can ride around like, oh, it's, you're an idiot. You can't do this, okay? Because they've spent months practicing to get it right. They've trained their, their body to adapt. So this is what, what's happening is that at first it's far away and you're trying to get it louder and it's doing this, okay? So at some point, you're like, whatever, but you're, you're, you're like, it's school. Usually most people learn to do it in school uh, and, and maybe, well, for me, grammar school, high school, something, you're, you're at, you know, you, your break or whatever, or whatever they used to have, and you're daydreaming. Your, your mind is watering, but you, you, wandering, but you're here, but you're not here. You kind of know you're a closet, but your mind's starting to see pictures, you're daydreaming, whatever. But 
you're, you're hearing something and you learn to listen but not listen because you're, you're largely in the room because you're hearing pencils fall or people scuffling around, but there's this other part that's kind of paying attention. It's like some other part of your mind is conscious and you're conscious of it but not fully. So in essence, you learn to make the sound louder and without realizing you are doing this, you're learning how to ride that bike now. You're, you're teaching yourself through this repetition. You just don't remember doing it. You don't remember how you, you got it down pat, okay? But now it's there, and it's like I was saying before, sometimes it gets so loud and you want it to stop, but you don't know how to get it to stop anymore. It's just like your, your mind is so aware of it that you can't stop acknowledging it's there, and that's what keeps it there. So it's this kind of weird reverse kind of thinking. So in this place, this is what you're learning to do because you can't walk in that place. You've got to, it's a whole different kind of, of, of reverse kind of thinking than intuitively you would think, but you can learn to do it. So when you're having that sound and you're paying attention to it, you, what you want to do is accept it, but I want you to start like kind of without looking, kind of see if you can become aware of any other sounds, okay? And then see if you can bring that, like admire it, but don't try to draw it in. Don't try to like hard listen to it. Admire it like you can, it's a symphony is playing. There's 20 instruments, but you want to focus on one particular one more so than the rest. You can hear everything else, but that one, if you focus on it, becomes clearer and louder and better, yes? So you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to find that distinctive sound that was hard to hear, and once you focus on it, it gets clearer and better because your mind is able to focus on it more. It's almost like it's coming forward. It's getting louder, okay? So, yes. So you're, you're shifting. You're doing exactly that. Okay. Well, that's that's what it is. I bet you if she looks at you, she can see that you're kind of like maybe your eyes are dying a little bit. Like you're you're going in there, but you're not going in. You're going out. It's just a different way. Yeah. This episode was recorded at a free higher balance event in Chicago. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute.
will help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 